What's going on, YouTube nights? Welcome to Lords of the Long Box presents the cover price comic book shakers of the week. Sorry, we're running a little bit late, but you know, uh, Jack had a little something that he had to do, and he went from one place to another. But you know what? Hey, it's all good, man. Uh, shout out to everybody in the live chat who's been waiting. Uh, this is a great list. Um, you may not be 0 for 10. I think maybe you'll be one, possibly two for 10. Yeah, I, I will put that out there. Well, I think, it's, I think, yeah. solid. I think yeah. if you're hit, if you're hitting 20% on this list, you're doing damn good. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you know, uh, I, I think, you know, Matt DeVoe was like, uh, you know what, the, you know, I, I the cover price top 10 yesterday, people were hitting like five, six out of 10. He's like, you know let me, uh, make it a little yeah, bit more are. difficult I, for you I, guys. Yeah, so. I'm convinced that rubs Matt DeVoe the wrong way. Some, <laughs> he starts seeing those like five and six out of tens. He's like, Oh no, we got to ramp this thing up a bit. All right. Uh, so uh, let's get the show started right away, right now. Just kidding. No, no, no. You know what we got to do. We got to do it. And you know, I haven't played this in a while. And, and you know what I need? I need the doobie. Ooh. I'll start. One, two,
That's my favorite one, man. That is my favorite intro. That is fire, bro. Damn, that's good. Gotta have some classic rock with a little mix of, uh, you know, DJ stuff in it. You know what I mean? mean, Classic rock and hip hop. Yeah, it felt like a little bit of what I grew up with, a little bit of what my dad grew up with, kind of combined. This chat's on fire too, man. Welcome to the show, everybody. Man, this is yeah, be a good welcome one. to the show, everybody. JB, I wanted to give your spiel about thumbs up because uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, here since we were doing it earlier on, if if you're joining us live or if you're watching us on the replay and you haven't already, come on, man, give us that thumbs up if you're enjoying the content and you know you are because that was a fire ass intro. Also, if you're not subbed to the channel, why the hell not, man? Sub up, hit the notification bell. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're going live, giving you top 10 on Tuesdays, and we're giving you this fantastic list tonight. Every Thursday, the Shakers list, we're going to give it to you right now. Every Ooh. time you do a thumbs up, an angel gets his wings. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. so sweet. Ryan. Remember that, uh, yeah. Yeah, Cheers, we're almost everybody. close to 7,000 folks. So, you know, we like them. We want to give away some uh, free stuff, man. May uh, cover some, some cover price subscriptions, Care Best Comics, and stuff from our own personal collection. We would just want to give back to you guys for supporting us uh, uh, through all this. So, uh, once again, this show is sponsored by our friends over at coverprice.com. Make sure you go to coverprice.com, sign up for a two week free trial or $6.99 a month, which is the cost of a <laughs> double quarter partner with cheese uh for your price guides collections and trends uh they also have great articles but you know what are you doing go sign up for it you know uh the show is also sponsored by our great friends over at krscomics.com go to krscomics.com use discount code of lotlb to get 15 percent off anything in the krs comics exclusive store as well as the krs pull box for those who are uh you know weekly pulls 15 percent off new comics who doesn't like new that new comics right um no uh for this i I don't remember the last time this happened but there are no new comics exclusives for krs comics this week mm-hmm. crazy right that is right. surprising but but hey, everybody's got to take a break sometimes they are doing a new mystery box though oh. so uh and uh, there's two of them. Uh, it's uh, two boxes, $100 for a COA box. You get two uh, signed COA comics and two unsigned comics. For 150 you get the CDC, one CDC 9.8 and two unsigned comics. So uh, if you, there's only uh, four or three in there, you know they're going to be bangers. So uh, just watch out. Um, and uh, remember, we were talking about the uh, sneaker variant. Uh, mm-hmm. They just got them today, so they're going to be Sweet. shipping those real are cool, soon, Ooh, man. Can't uh, wait for that one. Oh my god, that is going to be uh, absolutely dope, man. Uh, I love the. We were just talking offline about the uh, sneakers at the the, the, the nationals, right? Uh, that Jack was at, and you know, it's 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 crazy. It's just it's an, uh, the cross pollination of all kind of collectors you know yeah sneaker heads video games cool, uh, trading cards it. comics it's awesome man funko's you know we rarely ever talk about funko's on here but you know it's 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 chic to be geek uh, as Isn't i like to say it's and they were chic. all they were it was awesome to see all of them represented at the national sports card convention that you, nice. you saw some funko's and you saw some comics um and you know you saw all of these different um areas of influence kind of bleeding into uh, the sports card world. I bought I bought some DC Comics trading card sealed boxes cool. and things like that. So how um, really, how often really, is it, is it a national? Is it a annual show or annual show? It's it's basically the the national is their San Diego Comic Con, except it just moves location every year. 
Oh, so okay. instead of being did in, you go did you go last time no this was my first time ever uh, going. Okay. it's something i've wanted to do since i was a kid um and and i'll tell you this after going i've already decided like that's a yearly thing for me now i will yeah. i will go i will never miss one again it's in uh atlantic city this upcoming year um so i think it's it's absolutely and what i really got from it as a comics guy is i love learning and seeing how other collectibles areas do it so it was great to see how the card guys approach conventions and approach promotions and things that they do. I've taken a lot of those ideas and I can't wait to implement them. How are the uh, booths displayed? Like how would a card shop, like do they have like a back wall of cards? I mean, they're smaller, display right? Cases, Obviously, glass display cases. So I will say that is the one area that I think we dominate sports cards is a comic convention is a better merchandise, better looking presentation. Yeah, sports cards are very on the table. Everything's low. Okay, uh, and yeah. so like in in kind of like working with some of the companies I work with, who were represented at the national, I just had to let them know like, this is hey, this is great, but when you come to New York City or San Diego Comic Con, you're going to be looking up there, not down here. Right, we got to build up. We got to build represent. up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Timo asked, any comics at national? I mean, how many how many booths or how many comics did you see? So I, I, there was not a lot of like strictly comic booths, um, but there was comics spread throughout the national. I will say there was one iconic comic book seller. For those who have been all over the convention scene, you may know Mike Cabernaro. Um, he's been featured on- Mike Cabernaro? Yeah. He's With the funny hat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. you know, there's a convention. He's there. He was, I know him, yeah. He was set up selling at the national. He had everything from OG action comics issues- to Hank Aaron rookies and everything in between. Um, so he, he was out there. Um, I actually, I won't give it away, but I picked up a book on this list from a bin what? at the National. What? Yeah, oh, buddy. Right. List. Um, so I, I didn't have a lot of comic pickups, but I did find a, un, a, a whole table full of unbagged and boarded comics just stacked on the table at and they were just one price. And a as a comic person, I was so excited. Oh. And I, I did find, and I did find a couple books that we would never Jack, find. Don't you're giving away your secrets now? Because <laughs> the, the next national, everybody, I, all Everyone. the comic heads are going to be there looking for deals. Right, so. right. Try to find, right. Try to find those secret comic deals. For sure. All right. So you guys came for the cover price. Let's shakers list. Let's do this, man. But you know, uh, we just yeah. like to allow you guys to congregate. Now there's 113 of you in there, so Welcome you know, well. talk yeah. amongst yourselves. Yeah. So. Uh, this is the Cover Price Comic Book Shakers of the Week. This list comes from our friends at Cover Price, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found on their exclusive daily Shakers list. This list contains several times. This list changes several times a day, so make sure you check it out every day to review some of the hottest trending books in the market. And as usual, to, after we drop the talk about the ten, we will go on to the Cover Price website and see what's shaking today. But before we do that, let's see what's on uh, the first book on the list. And I will say, I have never seen this book. I do believe this book is a ghost, and it's it's got a very very interesting story. What do we have for our first shaker? So I love this book. This is another one of these awesome Spider-Man variants that I just wasn't familiar that it existed at all. And we're looking at the Amazing Spider-Man number twenty, Uniqlo, uh, Jason Poland Marvel variant from April twenty fourth, two thousand and nineteen. And Jason Poland is considered one of um, uh, New York's 
quirkiest and most prolific artists. The quick drawing artist's goal is to draw every person in New York. While ambitious, uh, he has drawn hundreds of New Yorkers every day, and his work was featured in the New Yorker, the New York Times, and multiple art, uh, as well as New York Times and multiple art galleries. Uniqlo, a Japanese casual wear designer and manufacturer and retailer located in major cities in the United States, formed a unique partnership with Poland and Marvel. Uh, Poland created uh, original Marvel art featuring um, the Marvel logo and his version of Spider-Man swinging through New York. Uh, uh, on the Uniqlo site, the, with the purchase of two Marvel Jason Poland graphic t-shirts, uh, you could also order one of these exclusive comics. This was Poland's only comic work as he passed away from cancer less than a year later. Uh, in many ways, the comic is a work of art uh, on its own and truly a unique collectible. It's unknown how many of these uh, there are and where these copies ended up, but they are uh, exceptionally rare. Uh, this week, the only copy we've ever seen come up for sale was a raw copy that sold for a massive $1,136. Wow. Damn. This is another example. We talked about this a couple weeks ago when I was on, and we were talking about uh, one of those variants um that was kind of had like an international flair to it uh and i we look at a lot of books where the pricing is silly um this is something that i feel like i can justify because of the fact that with all the books in the world that we always see that this is just one i wasn't familiar with and a very unique collaboration with a brand that has a massive following yeah so you had to buy two t-shirts just to be eligible to buy the book and being a designer brand, that was probably expensive. It probably ran you. Yeah, like I bet you two T-shirts were, yeah, a couple hundred bucks or something yeah. crazy to yeah, get I the book. It. Now, imagine, guys, somewhere there is a box of these that somebody, you know, bought to give out, and then they never got distributed. So where are they? Well, I mean, this is one of those things where, um, you know, the art world is famous for this, right? When when a um, an artist dies, I mean, like you know, a painter, those type of artists, when they die, their works get you know they go up in price because they they can no longer do those works. So people are like, you know what, I, I need to buy this, and the auctions go crazy. Um, and this, I have not, you know, shout out to Matt DeVoe for even Great doing job, the, the story on this, but th that's incredible, man. That's, that's, that's why cover price is such an essential resource is to be yeah. able to find out not just what's moving, but the context behind it, which yeah. is so important. Anybody can show a comic and tell you the prices and Hey, the value jump, this, that, and the other, but it's the backstory that yeah, uh, is really history. interesting. Yeah. And then the that's what that's what really rounds it out. And then just to just to tie it back to what we were talking about at the national, I think that that's a uh, this is a unique market that I think all of us comic buyers should pay attention to. Um, we've seen it with the tops seventy cards, the the, the art cards that, that baseball cards have put out. Um, artists from outside of the collectible medium are finding great success in both comics and sports cards. So that yeah, is something yeah. I would pay attention to if you see a, a comic variant coming out with a, an artist who has a following, but maybe is outside mm -hmm. uh, of the, of the traditional comic world. We talked, I know we covered weeks ago, a Chicago street artist who's famous for like a mural. I actually mm -hmm. saw that mural in Chicago when I was there. Um, I, I think that those kind of uh, artists are starting to get their due in the market. I think it's a trend that we're going to continue to see. Yeah. That's dope. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love, love it. it that, you know, famous artists or whomever are coming into our our hobby 
uh, and 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 showing it. You know, it'd be you know famous graffiti artists or something like yeah. that doing covers. That would be so hype. You know that you know it's it's just it's just it's it's there. I mean. Comic books aren't art medium. Um, you know, they it, are one hundred percent. Look, you know, so. most people buy the cover. They're not buying the story. Yep. They're buying the cover. They're buying the art, and then break it off into buying OA. I mean, it gets it's it's definitely oh, a yeah. Form. yeah yeah that's a rabbit hole uh, yeah. that you need to be careful to go down to. All right, so first one on the list: Amazing Spider-Man number twenty, the Uniqlo Jason Poland, um, I guess variant. Um, yeah, yeah, April, makes, yeah, it, it says very in addition on the cover there. Yeah, it came out in yeah, 2019 for $1,136 $1, for a raw cop. Good lord have mercy. All right, next up on the book, it's kind of interesting when uh, my two worlds collide together. What do we have on next on the list? This is what it's like when worlds collide. Uh, so yeah, this is Black Panther number 50 back in 2002. And this book has been heating up for a while, hitting as high as $69 for a raw copy back in April of this year. And this was specifically due to Geekosities and the Lords of Longbox own Mikey Sutton mentioning back in two, uh, 2020 in November that Black Panther 2's villain was going to be the White Tiger. However, the version that Marvel was looking to use was the Kevin Casper, Kevin Casper Cole version who first appeared in this issue under the moniker of Black Panther. He becomes the White Tiger on the last page of issue number 62 with the full appearance in the crew number two. Even though this news is still unconfirmed, high sales have continued for this book with a new high sale this week of $400 for a CGC 9.8. Yeah. So, I mean, Mike and I talked about this on our Letters of the Longbox show, and then I, I bought it, and I posted it on an Instagram, and I was like, you know, I posted it right when I bought it, uh, in, and, and it's interesting. Um, so we'll see where it goes. I mean, you know, um, first of all, it's not an easy issue to find. There's not, you know, it, it, there's not many out there. So, I mean, think about a black and white there. Black Panther, black and white prologue from 2002. I mean, the print run couldn't have been that high uh, for this book. So um, if it comes to fruition, you know, it's like we say, say, things are subject to change. So we shall see, man. But if it does come to fruition, this could be a, a nice banger that, you know, comes out. Uh, plus, it's a dope cover. Very noirish. Noir, uh, yeah, that's what I, yeah. Yeah, very cool noirish. Uh, if I can say that. All right, so Black Panther issue number fifty from two thousand and two hit a cool four hundred dollars for a CDC nice. nine point eight sold on August seventh. All right, so um, this next book will it's be not a book. <laughs> this next comic will be controversial because we ourselves have talked about this book before, but it looks like it's reared its head again. Uh, but you know what? We don't. Hey, we just. Just the facts, ma'am. We just give you the sales data. You so know, when you can't afford the first appearance, you got to grab what you can, I guess. Yeah. Oh so, uh, what the story what, is here. Yeah. What have we got for number three? Oh, man. Are you guys ready for this one? Here we go. Next up, we've got Marvel Previews, issue number 95, originally published in 2011. It says from Marvel. Okay, here we go. Miles Morales continues to be a super hot property. Ultimate Fallout 4 is still going for a pretty penny, and all are eagerly awaiting the second installment of Into the Spider-Verse, expected sometime around October of 2022. Now, perhaps one of the biggest examples of Miles Morales' hotness 
is that the Marvel previews book bearing his costume picture on the cover is going for insane amounts of money. Now, generally, the comic community shies away from previews because they're merely advertisements, solicitations for upcoming comics. They don't have a common story elements and character building that the community attributes to cameos and first appearances. There are myriads of previews with first images of characters in them that are essentially worthless. Who knows if there are just some diehard fans out there who will pay anything for this initial look at Miles Morales in costume, or if there is some other form of hype driving it to new highs. But whatever it is, there's a lot of money going towards this effort. <laughs> a CGC 9.8 copy of Marvel Previews 95 just sold for an all-time high of $11,600. Now, hold on here. After 49 bid auction by 21 distinct eBay accounts. She was. The interesting thing about it is that the eBay auction was designated private. So you can't even see the partially obstructed hmm. bidders IDs. So here's your coffee talk topic. Don't get verklempt. Is Marvel previews legit? Or a wholly pumped up property, gentlemen. What's your opinion? so um, when the summer of Miles last summer, when all the books were getting hot, and this book was, I mean, blowing up, and it's, I'm, and I'm glad Matt added that to his uh, thing about they were twenty nine, twenty one distinct uh, buyers. So there's interest. There's interest. Be no, no, no. Because what happened on the initial uh, when these were being sold last summer. It was one person that was buying them at really high prices, you know, and, you know, and that what really kind of raised eyebrows in the comic collector community. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's this, that or the other, but, you know, it's, I mean, was it a theory that it's a group of people who know each other who were just bidding it amongst themselves? Is that the theory? To drive Is up that, the price? I think the theory was just that one whale of a buyer believed in it and was actively buying copies and that was then giving the perception of the entire market that this was a book on the rise now having said that clearly as as tivo pointed out <laughs> and as matt devoe pointed out with 21 unique buyers there's certainly a market now um and i generally don't like to criticize the market buy what you like spend what you're willing to spend um having said that the price of this is all wonky to me um right. i i value like preview appearances, I think there is value there. I think they're unique add-on collectibles to the first appearance. But like the comment that Ryan made when we were at like the beginning of this was that like if you can't afford the first appearance, I totally understand that, right? If you couldn't afford $3,000 for the Miles Morales 9-8 first appearance, then if you were buying a preview book for 100 or 200 I totally get that. Yeah, but for 11000 yeah. right? <laughs> right, it's insane. It makes no sense. And it's important to note, like, pay attention to this. This isn't even previewing. Like, this is previewing, oh, you know, the cover is Ultimate Comic Spider-Man number one. It's not even Ultimate It's Fall not even. Uh, it's it's just because it's in a, and where's the line? Like, because it's in a magazine format that is in, like, the shape of a comics. If it was a poster, would that count? If it was a trading card, would that count? If it was an insert, like, card similar to, like, those cards that you get in your diamond shipments um, well okay let's take it a step further there are previews or i'm sorry advertisements for action comics number one in yep. another book 
there's preview or uh, advertisements for action uh, detective comics 27 in another book so are we saying we, we can buy those books and it'll be worth more than the original i, I mean, th I mean actually those books Here's are expensive but they're also Here's golden age i mean we're talking about golden age appearances of you know i guess Superman. my point is it's uh, it's a preview essentially those books will always have value and i could even understand an argument if somebody was like Hey, I think like Daredevil 115, which previews Hulk 181 or advertising. That's it right here. I was you know, just put that up. <laughs> I, I, if somebody was like, hey, I think that book's undervalued, I could understand that, right? I could understand somebody saying, hey, it's only goes for this, and I think it should go for more based on I the agree. price. But this is wonky because this is going for more than three times the the price of the first appearance. And it's going for that based on scarcity alone. And the important thing to remember about scarcity is scarcity can sometimes be perceived scarcity, not real scarcity. The reality is these books were printed in caseloads. Um, and yes, there's an assumption that a lot of these got thrown away and destroyed, but we don't truly know that. And it would, and I would be careful. I mean, certainly you can buy what you want, but if you spend, yeah, spend $11,000 on this and then tomorrow – a case of fresh copies is unearthed. Ugh. I is think that, that I think that was one of the things are uh, not a conspiracy, but that's what people thought that. And I actually spoke to some people that said, you know, there is somebody is sitting on a case of these and, you know, and that's why um, their, their opinion was they're driving the prices up on these. So they get up here, but so, you know, I, Combo book collectors are kind of like lemmings, you know, I mean, no offense to anybody in the, in the live chat, but you see something going up and up and up in value. Well, it must be worth it. Right. So, right. I mean, you know, and you have people bidding on it, you know, I mean, this is, you know, this is in whale territory, you know, $11,000 for, for this, you know what I mean? So, um, it'd be interesting. Baltimore um, Comic-Con a couple of years ago, I had a conversation was right when it popped <laughs> off. I had a conversation with a previews employee who, at the time was trying to figure out why this issue had gotten hot. And they told us that there had been a couple cases that had been ordered from previews because they had them left in stock. Oh. That's what alerted them. So factually, I know a couple cases got out there. I don't know uh. who got them, what we have certainly haven't seen them come to light. And the um, plot thickens. Well, why would you until it goes to 20 grand? Then Dude, it's high know. enough. They're I think sitting they're on them until no, you know what? the they're live action CGC getting freaking graded. <laughs> no, they are sitting on them to wait for the Miles Morales live action film. That's what they're and doing. Then, and just flood the market. Yeah. Right. I meant for uh I would say ninety nine percent of us in the live chat, this is not a book that we're it's gonna not buy a book. for eleven thousand. I would never you know? buy this. I would, I would buy this one or four yeah. all day long. And yeah. it's or ever, I, this isn't even it's not even a freaking preview of Ultimate Fallout 4. It's just and, it's stupid. And this is not even a case of spawn where like in those spawn previews, those were coming in like trade magazines that were a lot smaller printed. <laughs> you mean the Malibu Sun thing, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Those I mean that you gotta understand back then there wasn't like one preview magazine to get all your comics. There was a bunch of small ones. Uh, and those were those, and those were 100% thrown away. Versus now, where we have a collector mentality, where we keep everything, and this will never happen again because people are going to keep all of the previews. Did now. they have previews or anything in Wizard World or in Wizard Magazine? They, oh, yeah, they had, oh yeah, so, so though, let's go get all those now. Let's go get all, get all. Foom, 
Foom is another one where there's mm-hmm. there's it's it's litany of previews, and we've we've seen other previews issues spike, but we haven't seen the wonky price. So like for instance, the there's a a previews order form. This is even more ridiculous. Oh my god! Come it's on. the actual physical paper order form that has a something's killing the children cover <laughs> that sells now for over a hundred dollars. Wow. But at least I can justify that in that it's selling for like $150, but the first print sells for over a thousand. So at least it's an add-on collectible. This seems ridiculous because I could own more than three first print nine eights for the price of one previews order book for a nine eight. That's just <laughs> or nuts. you can get like two grails, you know, you can probably get a Hope right. 181 right around, you know, in a whatever seven oh, eight man, you can walk away with a giant size X Men. What do you want? Yeah. You can yeah, have whatever you can get you both Hulk one eighty one and a giant size X Men. Come on, yeah, man! If you're dropping eleven thousand six hundred on this book, you better have every comic yeah. known to man. Let's you you better, <laughs> let's see what happens when Marvel announces Miles Morales uh, live action film, and let's see what happens exactly. on eBay and see if there's because here's but obviously they're smart about it, right? They're not because if you flood the market. The value, you know, they're going to the be cheaper, dumped, right? Yeah. So let's see if the same person or different, you know, leaks one here, one there. But I, you know, I whoever is doing this, they know what they're doing. I think so. They would create different uh, eBay accounts, and they'll probably drop as soon as as soon as the Miles news drops, you're going to see one or two immediately hit yep, eBay. one or two. Right. And then, you know, in a couple of weeks, you're going to see some more and some more. And so that's, I mean, and, and we'll see if that's the game that's being played. And yeah, if we ever smart, yeah. spread them out, put a little bit on short box, put a little bit on whatnot, put a little bit on Instagram, put a little bit, you know, spread them out. So you're not getting the same visibility. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what that. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see if we ever find out who bought those two cases, because that to me is that that to me is is the first little uh, crumb in the trail that you need to find is that two, somebody bought two cases of these. Right. Yep. You know, and then all of a sudden the prices, you know, they were like, wait. So when you talk to him, the price was already up, right? Yeah, it was it was it was Baltimore Comic Con. I think what was that like 2020 or 2019? That I was like a right, time yeah. anymore. Yeah, and yeah, yeah right ready to um, it was right when this book first started to make community news. It was starting to get reported on by some other YouTube channels. It was first starting to get talked about. Getting I'm bro. It was getting what's next real hard on a certain app. I'm not too. saying if people are in cahoots with it, but you know, hey, it's not even a book. Let's stop talking about it. I yeah, it's, 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 one of, <laughs> yeah one. it's one of those things like it was making noise at the convention enough so that like when we asked previews about it, trying to get content information, their response wasn't to give us answers. They were they were like, actually, we're, we're curious about why are people buying this thing? Um, so it, it was and that te- is telling too. like it was so foreign to previews to even think that these would be collectible. Yeah, um, it, it just it didn't even make sense to them. Crazy. All right, let's move on, man. Enough of this Moving beating on. a dead horse. All right. So Marvel Previews, issue number five, rears its head back on the list again. All right. So uh here's another. This is a really cool book as well that I have never seen. So uh get ready for an offer. Yeah, for cool. sure. These <laughs> these He-Man exclusive variants are absolute ghosts. And this is Masters of the Universe number six, the He-Man.org, limited to 500 exclusive by MB Creations in 2004. And whether you loved or hated Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe revelations, it didn't stop Masters of the Universe fans 
from paying top dollar for hard to find variants like this he-man.org variant which is from a site dedicated to hardcore masters of the universe fans who have been all in on the brand since the 80s so when the site created their own limited edition variants uh, then you knew they were going straight into the hands of fans who had no intention of selling their copy. This week, saw two copies uh, made their way to eBay, selling a CGC 9.6 for 500 and a high-grade raw near-mint, near-mint plus, besting that and selling for 1K this week. My God, for a raw comic, but that cover looks dope. Near-mint, um, near-mint plus. White cover. White cover, you I know, know that's scary. That's a scary raw buy right there. Limited the to five hundred. And the best point that uh, Matt made: this is why I love these types of books, not just the exclusives, but I, you know, I'm obviously I'm long on record. I love GI Joe and Ninja Turtles and Transformers and Masters Universe. These books end up in their forever homes more than you will see Marvel and DC books. Marvel and DC books will get flipped. Um, everybody inherently knows that there's profit in them. These books tend to get overlooked upon release. They go into collectors, uh, you know, personal collections, and it ends up over time just drying up the available number of books on the market. And then when they do hit the market, you know, people are willing to pay top dollar because you just don't know when the next one's going to pop up again. It's true. That is the truth. I agree with that because um, things like. Star Wars, He Man's uh, Master Universe, Transformers, GI Joe. They are um, their collecting community is not about um, buying and flipping. They they want to show off their collection. You know what I mean? So be it comic books or toys or whatever. I mean, you know, uh, especially Star Wars got uh, people uh, when they collect, especially like rare toys and things. I mean, if you watch any of those shows on Netflix that talk about collectors and the Star oh, Wars, yeah. and you go into the room and it's like tons of stuff, well, right? I mean, and, that know, includes He Man, and it also includes GI Joe. So I mean, you've exactly. got a lot yeah. of those guys yep. that collect yeah. that stuff. So, I mean, it, and it's nostalgia, too. Like, we were just talking yesterday uh, when we were talking to Shortbox that, you know, now that, you know, most of us are at a certain age where we, you know, we have our lives moving forward, professional, you know, we have careers and we have disposable income and we see these things and we're like, you know what, I want to get back into this. And then, uh, you know, I don't know if they're getting sticker shock when they see this or, you know, because maybe they're going back into it and go, oh, well, maybe that's just the going price for it. Okay, let me buy it. But, you know, um, $9.99 for a raw comic almost seems like it was a buy it now on eBay. You know what I mean for uh -huh. that price? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Agree, so, yeah, yeah. But I also, that. I also agree with Euler's workshop statement. Um, I, I'm a big proponent of, like I said in the opening, like looking at other markets and paying attention to what's going on. The grading slowdown is very real. Um, we saw that in sports cards. Neither of the major sports card graders are taking uh, mass submissions, and we're starting to see that affect comic book grading now, where. Um, certainly CGC's wait time is long. CBCS is going to get there now that they're increasingly taking market share. They're going to also end up having some of the same problems. And with all of that, I think you're starting to see a raw market become stronger as raw is liquid. You can, you can buy and sell it quickly and without it being held up, uh, waiting for grade. So I do think we're going to see the, the, as, as long as the book is graded well by the, by the person selling the book. 
and you can and you can really like be a credible seller who attests for, for that the book is high grade. I think we're going to see some more shocking raw prices kind of in the coming months. Yeah, and right. also talking on the flip side about how uh, PSA is so backed up, and now CDC getting into the uh, grading of uh, trading cards, right? Yep. So I mean, you know, there, when there's a when the market when you see that the market there is a need and you step in, that's capitalism as at its best. So we shall see. Uh, you know, because CDC has a name. I mean, you know, some people may hate it, maybe some people may like it, but they're their name. So most of the time, trading card people see PSA to go, that's my choice. But then you know, like just like we've seen trading card people come into the comic industry, they say CDC is the one I should use. So you know, yep. maybe they'll be like, you know what, maybe a CDC trading card, you know, won't be so well and you know and also cdc hat can get a lot of talent to sign cards so i i have i don't see any issue probably they won't probably won't have any issue getting um you know uh sports athletes to sign these things and have signings and then uh you know for their graded oh God, uh more signings card, so. come on yeah so we'll see I, i've held it off my books been sending to cdc i'm waiting for them to finish doing their hiring and training to get more people in there to for a grading so hopefully it'll it'll get better but it's just a huge influx of people that are coming in from video games and trading cards that know that i have more value if i grade things right and so they immediately get something and they grade it so you know it's it's you know i you know you can blame CDC and I, you know, I kind of blame them, but I don't think they were ready to see this amount of stuff coming through during the pandemic when, you know, people from other hobbies were coming in and getting, and getting stuff graded. You know what I mean? It, it, no, it was, yeah. It, 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 all the grading companies were affected by that. I think oh, yeah. especially the market leaders, PSA and CGC, they both just got affected by the fact that they were, you know, they were essentially, uh, uh, became mandatory parts of the the transaction process as we bring in new buyers into the community. Yeah, they they want to buy books that they don't have to argue about condition. They don't have to worry about it coming in worse than they expected. So is that's Halo where, even still in business? Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard that. What is Halo? Halo? Halo is a grading company. Yeah, Fly oh, by God. Night. It felt like I I haven't seen them in a while. I think they were based out in the UK or uh, Australia. Yeah, somewhere they were, they were, they were not uh, in the, in the U.S. Um, well, <laughs> you know, and then uh, PGX is sitting over there. Hey guys, we have quick turnaround times over here, and <laughs> nobody is still doing. It. No. Oh boy. All right. So, uh, Masters of the Universe number six, the He-Man.org limited to five hundred from two thousand and four, dropped for a cool grand. Raw comic from August two, uh, bought on uh, just a few days ago. All right, what do we got up next? Up next, we have Miss Marvel number one. Oh, here you go. Uh, People got a chance for the get this one, huh? Sarah Pacelli, one in twenty-five variant, and Kamala Khan, uh, Kamala Khan is on fire right now. And as we get closer and closer to her Disney Plus series, and most likely a trailer, hopefully sometime soon, this Pacelli one in twenty-five sat at a low twenty to twenty-five dollar price range for years until recently, when raw prices jumped to the current fire market value of $82. However, the highlight for this book is this week, and it was a new high sale of $500 for a 9.8, and this shoves the last 9.8 sale from back in June of $160 well out of the way. Damn. See, Sarah you guys Pichelli had a again. good chance to get this on. I mean, this was, you know, you know, but nobody paid attention to it because, you know, it was like, you know, it's just we I, we keep on talking about this every week that, you know, 
one in 25 racial variants from, you know, five, six, seven years ago, typically, eh, the, you know, they didn't really hold their value. If, if anything, they drop because normally the, if it's a hot variant, the first six months, boom, it's going crazy. But we're finding that people are going back and looking for especially higher racial variants, like one in 25, one in 50, one in 100, one in 200. And before, I remember like, you know, two or three years ago, you could like, Wait a few months, wait, you know, six, seven months, and you can get a one in 50 or one in 100. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, unless it was like that spawn one, you know, one per store or something like that. But uh, very interesting, man. Miss Marvel, number one, the Sarah Pacelli, one in 25 variant, just from 2015, 9.8 for a cool $500. It'll be very interesting to see how the market reacts when we actually get the first trailer uh for miss marvel uh, i think uh, you know the way things are going and the trends are going if you follow the tea leaves drink every time i say follow the tea leaves then uh, these will probably pop as well all right next up is a book that just pops up on here just keeps on popping up on here and i don't know where people are finding these things what is it it is nintendo comics system sneak preview Ooh originally published in 1990 from valiant and we've mentioned this book multiple times previously however it continues to garner a lot of attention when copies come up for sale with only 34 universal copies on the cgc census and a mere four copies in 9.8 those sales are far and few between well we have an all new high sale this week some devoted nintendo fan grabbed my comic shop CGC 9.8 copy listed on eBay for eight grand Damn. more than double Ooh. the previous high for this book set back in April. Moreover, we also had a raw 7.0 range copy go for just under 540. If the general scarcity wasn't enough, that solid yellow background will show every bend. <coughs> fingerprint smudge so tough tough for high grade copies if you're looking for any copy of this book that helped usher in the short-lived era of valiant nintendo comics you better open up that wallet <laughs> open it I, 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 I mean this i i just don't get it i i understand it's you know um it's the first appearance of mario right um but you know, there's no Dude, someone got drunk by it now. Don't well, there's no right. The, Come on, but that's the wild thing. It's not the first appearance of Mario. Oh, it's not. No, the first appearance of Mar I mean, first appearance of Mario is in Blip number one from 1983, which was actually released by. That's Marvel. right. We had that Correct. on list for yeah, the Blip. Yes, yeah, yeah. We were playing a video game on the cover. Yeah, right. And that book is not only the first appearance of Mario Brothers, but it's also the first appearance of Donkey Kong, which is another property I could easily see uh, <laughs> getting like a movie or something like that. Oh, for and sure. Donkey Kong is if they can do Rampage, they can do Donkey Kong. So, and and Blip sells raw for like 80, 90 bucks and slabbed for a couple hundred dollars. Um, I certainly understand the nostalgia value of, of this book and the rarity, but I think if you're investing this kind of money in in Mario for the Mario purposes, you should be buying that that blip number one. Like that should be an absolute uh, uh, buy, and I think it's 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 super underrated. Yeah, but I think it's also the same people are buying that um, that uh, Super Mario Brothers game that came out before, like even the console came out, like yep. you know, and they want to put them both together side by side because they're not buying. Uh, they are definitely not buying this because a movie is coming out. You know what I mean? Right. I, you know, they're just buying it. But you know, this is another. 
uh, more evidence that of people from other hobbies coming in. I mean, because normal comic book people probably wouldn't get this, but I think people who are dropping major coin on graded uh, video games are like, you know what? I need to add this oh, to it. Oh, the know? person that owns this has like the original box in his basement. Oh, for sure. Like the oh, game person that, owns know. this guy drunk. Yeah. 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 Well, and, oh, but I will also sure. say, I will also say, you know, just because I'm an eternal optimist about IP. Um, I write for a website, 1.37 p.m., which is owned by Gary Vaynerchuk, who's more known as Gary V. Um, he has a deal with Nintendo to license out their IP for merchandise and things like that. He just struck a deal with uh, between, like, Nintendo and Champion to do, like, a, a line of, like, Champion Mario Brothers um, apparel. I think all of that is going to help continue to push what i think is one of the most underrated pieces of ip because anybody from the 80s like grew up with mario and donkey kong and things like this um and it, the, the fact that we haven't had successful movies or animated shows based on these characters to me is like is a tragedy and really a dropped ball yeah um, I have to disagree with Dwayne. The person who bought this is not living in their basement. No. The person who bought this got coin. Yeah, uh, got the person who bought this has a basement that's bigger than my house. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, to us, eight grand, that's a ton of money. But you got to yeah. think of some of these people, they're million, they got their millionaires or they're worth three, four hundred grand or whatever. And they're just like, you know what? I'm gonna buy That's it. That's gonna look cool. Yeah, right. boom! It's like that. You know what I mean? To us, it's a lot of money, but you know, one man's uh, trash, another man's treasure. One man's treasure is another man's trash. You know what I mean? So everything is relative as far as. Are you telling us to go as... garbage pick? What? <laughs> yeah. Are you telling us to go garbage pick? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Nintendo Comics sneak preview acclaimed Valiant comic from 1990. Can you imagine how many of these were sitting on the shelf in 1990 and nobody even really cared about them? Oh boy. He couldn't get right. these away. Uh, Every comic shop is like. All right. Next up on his list is a book that we actually had on here before, but not yeah. this particular one, which is pretty cool because I remember we had it wasn't this one, but it was another one, and it just goes to note there's another it niche was, market. And it was for these one two. that we would have never known what it was. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, this I this is the, this is the second Sailor Moon variant that I have directly presented, and we're talking about Sailor Moon number eleven, the silver foil variant from Tokyo Pop in nineteen ninety nine, and we've covered the rare Sailor Moon number one, San Diego Comic Con pink variant before, featuring the first appearance of Sailor Moon in a U.S. comic. However, this rare reverse variant of the issue, pink star on silver is very similar to that first one and was only available at San Diego uh, Comic uh, Con to Club Tokyo Pop members. It's even harder to come by than the first issue as copies very rarely surface. However, one came to market last week and sold for a big raw price of $500. This does not surprise me, I'll tell you guys. There is an Eastern movement coming strong. Anime and manga is really dominating the comic space. I think we're going to continue to see these types of properties uh, push numbers. Yeah. Like I said, if I, just looking at the cover, I would have no idea what it is. But then again, yeah. I'm 50 years old and I don't know what Sailor Moon is. I just know there's tons of Sailor Moon cosplay when you go to uh, shows or anime shows. Uh, if you go to an anime convention... There is some. If you think comic book cosplay is cool, that oh, has it is not even anime anything compared to anime uh, 
uh, cost. They go all out. It's you cool. know what I mean? Yeah. And also, like, if people aren't familiar with Tokyo Pop, that may be another element of this that I think gets lost in this. Um, Tokyo Pop is a very large and successful company and brand. They're synonymous with the the anime and manga market. Um, they've released exclusive product every year at San Diego Comic-Con, obviously dating back to the 90s. Um, but the, in the more modern years, you've seen them for like a lot of like My Hero Academia exclusive um, pops or Dragon Ball Z exclusive pops. Uh, that's been kind of the mode you've seen in recent years, but they are a major brand as well. They're another brand that has a following, an international following. And and I think all of that plays into the value of this comic book. Yeah, it's just 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 crazy, man. Just crazy. All the subgenres of collectors. Um, if they ever made furry comics, I'm I'm uh, you know, I, it's <laughs> you think they're they they would go crazy for it. Um, so there you go. Uh, Sailor Moon number eleven, the Silver Foil variant. It's so rare that the only picture we could pull up also is, has dings Beat in it. Up. Yeah, this is the guy who was. <laughs> you know, taking it's a rare when you know when I'm, like, dude, you know, it showed up damaged. Look, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you there you go. Touch this book without putting a fingerprint on oh, it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely gloves, definitely. And you gloves. can see the person's hands holding his phone in the background, right <laughs> exactly. above the star. <laughs> Damn near impossible to take a picture of this can uh, this comic, but. I know how, and I would do a tutorial oh, video on how to take pictures of comic books that have glare uh, and slabs. I keep on promising that. I will do it. You I do. swear to God, I'll they do it. never deliver, but yeah, uh, come on, man. Just look at my slabs on Instagram, and you'll see that, you know, I, you know, most for the most part, there's no glare in them. All right. Uh, Sailor Moon number 11, Silver Foil Variant, Tokyo Pop, January 1999. Only 500, guys. Uh, this one is very interesting because I didn't know this thing existed. What do we got next? Well, coming out of 1985, this is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three, New York Comic Con, white layered error variant. And who here likes errors? Um, oh, God. And if you like Come errors, on. this is one of the earliest ones. The short version of the story is that Eastman and Laird wanted to bring 500 copies of the second issue with them to New York Comic-Con in 1985 and rush those copies through in an order to get them on time. Due to this rush, Eastman and Laird grabbed the 500 copies they needed, but decided that the blue ink looked too splotchy and should be corrected for the rest of the run, which was uh, 50,000 issues total. One of the key determining factors in spotting this error is in the Laird sign above the VW bus. If it has white lettering versus the blue lettering, um, though many of this air also had a darker blue, then it is the air print. The standard reprinted cover has a light blue tint to the sign. This week, this book hit a new high sale of $4,300 for a CGC 9.6. Not even a 9.8. This is one of those things where if you didn't even know it was an error, you would just think, you know, hey, unless you were comparing it side no. by side. So, you know, How just, you know? Being, yeah, pay it. So you the, know. what we're showing pictured is the error and it's the it's the sign above the above the, the van there layered. So because those letters are white, that's what you're looking for. I just want to know if that's what we're talking about. Underneath the letter T of turtles where it says layered on that sign because those letters are white this is the error let's see uh one of the key determining factors 
Um, if it was uh, white lettering versus blue, then it's the go. error print. Okay. There you go. So there, now the you standard reprinted for. cover has a light blue tint to the sign. Yeah, so there you go, and knowing is half the battle. Right? There you go. All right, so uh, for those who have offers, this, this is, is your, your best chance to get on the board. This is your best chance. Rarely will we see this on the Shaker Show. I do believe it showed up on the cover price top 10 once, but get ready to get rid of your offers. Right. Come on. Everybody's got this book. Web of Spider-Man issue number 100 news stand originally published in 1993 from Marvel Comics. Okay. So this isn't a huge book. It's a book you've seen a million times. And if you're old enough to remember reading this when it came out, then you probably shared our disappointment when the sweet new Spidey armor was destroyed by the end of the issue. Still, this is one of those books that's incredibly nostalgic. And with today's love affair for newsstand copies, you get a notable sale like this week's $300 for a 9.8. The direct edition is not too shabby either at $115. However, that $300 sale is a pretty decent price for a book that most sellers and buyers wouldn't look twice at. However, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Nostalgia sells. Is is this? I got it. Uh, chromed out. Does this is that Spider-Man yes. Chrome? Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard stock cover too. I do believe, um, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like a hard stock cover. So it is relatively easy to get in a 9.8. When I say relatively, because you know you never know what kids were doing with comics in 1993. Um, and let's look at the print runs from 1993. 93, yeah, it would have been uh, there. Yeah, so you know, solid ratio. It would have been below fifteen percent of the total market would have been in newsstand. So, and so this is full disclosure. This is the book that I found at the national um, that I grabbed. I grabbed a nine eight candidate for a dollar. A dollar. That's a great profit, my friend. Raw raw on a table. (laughs) Um, One of the things in a lot of people know, I work for a platform now, and now in doing that. I, I see a lot of sales. And one thing I've noticed, I started to notice the trend of these 90s gimmick books, specifically Spider-Man stuff, starting to see increased attention from a younger audience base who is valuing these as they were books that they wanted as a kid. Most of these Chromebooks got hot for a time when they first came out. They might have been $10 books, but if you're a kid, that might have priced it out for you. So now as an adult, you want these books and you want them in the highest grade possible and you want the rarest version possible. So we're seeing some of these like these early nostalgic Chrome type Spider-Man 90s books are having their day. Not Spider-Man and X-Men. I would say these gimmick covers are something not to ignore anymore. And I totally get it. Like sharks like us on this panel who have been doing this for years. I would have ignored this book. Oh, nine out of the last many times. Right. But now I just won't ignore it anymore. I'm grabbing them. I'm picking them up. Yeah. For cheap. Uh, yeah. But now that it's on this show, <laughs> you may not yeah. be cheap anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember reading this and I was like, oh my God, you know, and this was in 1993. So anytime you see 
stuff on this on the cover. New Spider-Man armor. You, oh, new new first appearance. I'm going to retire. I'm going to send my kids to college on this. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and, these, and the print runs are pretty high on these as well. Yep. Anniversary issue. I love anniversary issues. I do have one of these somewhere in my collection, I do believe. Um, but uh, I'd have to see if it was a newsstand or not. Um, because, you know, back in the day, I was collecting, you know, all these on uh, at my LCSs. You know, 1993 comic shops were everywhere. You could see two comic shops in the same strip mall. It was that's how crazy it was in 1993. Because you know why? Because in my comic in the city I lived in, in Milpitas, California, up in the Bay Area, I had a strip mall that had a comic shop on one end and all the way in the other end. There was one, and then only one survived uh, through you know the the, the shutdown or the the crash, and then the other one eventually went away. So for those who live in Milpitas, it, it was by Golfland, uh, right off. Um, uh, you guys don't know where it is. Anyway, for those in the Bay Area. So, Web of Spider-Man issue number 100, the newsstand edition from 1993. 9.8 sold for $300. Um, uh, the next one, I think people have a good chance of getting this one, too, because uh, right? you know it was pretty popular. So, you got another opportunity to get on the board here, boys and girls. Yeah, this was definitely one that was out there. And for those who were skeptical about money being in the new 52, here's one for you. We got Wonder Woman. Number 28, the J.G. Jones Steampunk 1 in 25 incentive variant from 2014. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, February 2014's 125 Steampunk theme month was a pretty popular right out the gate. Um, if you recall, Harley and Batgirl covers were the main draw of the month. However, this Wonder Woman variant slowly rolled past them and now remains the most valuable cover out of the series of variants. It's now pretty difficult to find, and copies really have dried up. In fact, so dry out there that this week, a 9.2 set a new all-time record of 699, oh. not 800 as eBay shows. Wonder Woman variants tend to retain their value, so this should be a solid seller for a while. And I wonder, guys, how often do you think a record is broken for a book in such a low grade? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, 9.2 no, yeah, for awesome. $700. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think this is one of that the covers only one. Good, I mean, it's always nine point eight. I mean, rarely it's a nine point six. I mean, you got to think the person who got this graded, uh, you know, was like, probably a bit disappointed for a modern book. Oh, for sure, they, they were come back at nine point two. Back nine two. Yeah, yeah. yeah when me. they got that book back, they probably for sure. And they sold off. it because they were pissed, and now yeah. the person that bought it just sold it again. Oh yeah, I can easily see that have been sold sub one hundred dollars when it, when they first easily graded. Well, that we could is... look at the nine twos for this book, and we could kind of maybe put our detective hats on and mm -hmm. see yeah. when it's so, sold. Uh, that's the list, boys and girls. But don't go away because we're gonna look and see what's shaking uh, today. Um, what's shaking today? Yeah, what is shaking today? Shout out to all uh, 170 of you watching the live chat. Really appreciate it. Uh, hit that yeah. thumbs up and subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, and uh, we're going to see what is shaking here. Let me uh, share my screen. I got this down to a science now. Not really, but, you know. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, look at that! Uh, look at that! Look at that! Look how fast I'm going! Look how fast I'm going! Look! Oh, you're fast! That. You're so fast! You're super fast! Look at that! Yeah. All right. So <laughs> when you log into coverprice.com, you know you get to see all your stuff right there. The here's the uh, the top ten that we just did on Tuesday. Go peep that out. Here are the movers 
basically movers are the most units sold for a, a individual comic. And you could tell, you know, kind of mirrors what was on our top 10, except for a couple of different ones. Look at that, that Venom, that Superboy. Um, and you could, if you click view all, you'll see all 50 of the movers for the day. These are, you know, uh, but this is the shakers list. And, um, if you just, uh, sign up for, I think a free trial, you only get to see six. I think if you sign up for two ninety nine, you get to see 10, but if you sign up for six ninety nine a month, you get to see all 50 all of, of them. them that shake. Oh, look at that. I got two of these. Wow. Look at that. Wow. I like like I see I like seeing three DC books right on the Look top of the list. Three DC big yeah. money too. Yeah. Three DC, three Marvel. Nice. Um look at that. That incredible Hulk is uh, a raw dog sold for one eighty one. Wow. Ghost Rider. Oh, that House of Secrets was a raw too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that Batman Whoa. was a raw. Dude, I'm telling you, the raw game is raw. Real. Game is strong. I got one of these with um, getting pressed right now. Yeah, you know what I'm. You the know, like it's especially if 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 you're, a, you know, I hate to use the term flipper, but if you if you like to re- buy something and resell your comic, you know, flipper, whatever. You know, I don't think of it as a derogatory term like some people do, but Absolutely. if you like to buy, if you like to spec and flip on comics. You got to do it raw because if you get it graded, that book may cool, may, may cool down by the time you get it back. So, you know, sometimes it's just better off selling yeah, it raw. Months, Come on. Yeah. Well, that's also why I know certainly I am an advocate of CBCS, but that's also why sometimes when people look at the like 20% price difference that can occur between CBCS and CGC, sometimes it makes sense to take the 20% hit to get the grading back in your hand months faster and to be able to move a liquid product. Li- liquidity in collectibles is key. Wow, let's take a look at this. This book is going crazy. That's a, that's a tough book. I think I have this variant. Um, I was just talking about the hip hop variant too. Um, so this is Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur number one, the variant edition. This is the one in twenty five, and this is sold for a. Uh, Ooh, go back. Well, uh, August eleventh sold for two thousand and seventy dollars. This is the one I was talking about, the hip hop variant. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, remember on the cover price top ten, we also had the, yeah, the blue. The second yeah, print, we had blue yeah lettering. the second print variant was on there. Uh, the highest known value was in May for twenty five hundred. Wow! Uh, so and, you know, and and the interesting thing is, I think in the past, um, properties made for children, people didn't collectors didn't really care, right? That you know, but forget that it's two thousand twenty, two thousand twenty one. It doesn't matter. So like. <laughs> The Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur animated series is definitely for kids. It's not even on Disney Plus. I do believe it's on the Disney proper channel. I, uh, so I think that's what makes me nervous still, though, is I'm curious. I'm not necessarily nervous, but curious. Um, every bit of my gut is telling me that that show won't be viewed as much as yeah. other yeah. other Because properties. of the platform? Because it's on the more expensive it's on Disney. The- it's on Disney Channel. Even though Disney Channel is like maybe more accessible than Disney plus. Oh, Disney, okay. Adults aren't watching Disney channel. Disney, so, you're right. So that that's the key is for that property to be successful. It's going to have to really resonate with children. Yeah. So and and, that and children are then talking about it and getting adults attention. Yeah. And the side argument would be, well, what about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? What about uh, all these other things? Well, the thing about those were is decades of toys and decades of cartoons. And, you know, the, the movies were even made for kids, but the collectors 
who grew up now have a disposable income where Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur is relatively new. So, you know, that the people who in, who are fans of Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur haven't gotten to that point of where they're like, oh, it's nostalgia for me. Whereas, you know, right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or even Ghostbusters or any of the other things, those are, you know, coming well, out in the I'm, 80s. And I would still argue with Ninja Turtles. Like, while I love Ninja Turtles and I feel such a deep connection to Ninja Turtles, I don't watch the current incarnation of the cartoon. Because it's just not, that's not meant for us. That's yeah. not the version of the Ninja Turtles we want to see. That's definitely directed towards our children. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's in that, to the comment that uh, uh, Cover Lover Comics made, I think the episodes after the season will definitely end up on Disney+. Plus. So there's no doubt they'll be accessible uh, yeah. to everybody. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not it will be viewed as to the same effect as, say, What If?, what if is an animated series? What if and, was amazing, but it was also like appointment viewing where everybody felt like they needed to watch it because it's a part of the MCU. Yeah. The detachment, yeah. and it was definitely not for kids. There, there was some people getting oh, killed. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. Right, for kids. And that's, that's just what concerns me with Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaurs. Will people see it as essential MCU viewing? Yeah. And I'm not. And I could be totally wrong. It could be the one that breaks the mold. Yeah, we shall see. I'll keep an eye on it when it does premiere and see if prices, you know, um, and, and if the market is just doesn't even care and just continues to go up. So, so right. no, speaking of the market, TiVo, this Hulk 180, you know, <laughs> you made the comment the other day. It doesn't matter how many videos you make. The market says it's 181, right? Yeah. I mean, well, even Marvel came out and said that this is Wolverine's first appearance. But, you know, we're talking about decades and decades of, of well, people I mean, in the yeah, market. It is his first appearance, right? He's in it. Yeah, in the but so compare yeah, but, so compare one eighty to one eighty one at that even but, at that grade yeah, right. seven point five. This is the book. This is the book. Yeah, I mean, they even made a statue out of that. I mean, that's I'm one eighty all all the our way. Friend, our friend, our friend Mike Big To Do has a statue. It's freaking yeah. awesome. I mean, this statue is like, yeah, Cam, you know, Wolverine is in it, but uh, look at the cover. It's just Wendigo, Wendigo, and Hulk, and you know, some chick talking about her brother's dying. So, um. First cameo appearance of Wolverine. Thank you, Cover Price, for setting it right. Um, and the reason Marvel came out and said Wolverine, it, it was Wolverine's first appearance, I do believe was the last Hickman run when they were showing all the, uh, the characters in it, and they showed one Hulk 180 as Wolverine's first appearance. Now, no matter whom or whatever keeps you trying to get you to buy these because they're sitting on them, it's whatever the market dictates. Uh, and the market dictates that, you know, somebody paid $40,000 for 9.8. Okay. Um, let's see what they paid for a 181, though. Yeah. yeah well, let's go down because uh, I want to see like recent sales of 9.8s. Um, well, that's the only one. So that's pretty recent. April, I mean, June 2021, April 2020, they were going up, they were going up, they were going up, you know, slowly but surely going up. Well, I want to compare this last sale of, was a seven five, right? Is that what what this one was? Was a seven five? Yes. Yeah. So okay. So what's a seven five and one eighty one going for? That's if it's thirty five hundred bucks, yeah, it's got to be four, five grand probably. Let's look seven point five. Oh, seven to seven hundred. And to and to uncanny uh, swag eight thousand. Well, oh, no, that's last sale, but the dude, the cover prices, new little, you know, see their their little average price is really, really good. I don't yeah. know what the algorithm is. It used to be really, really bad, but now it's really, really good. I it's it's even yeah, better so than you're, Go you're paying seven thousand dollars more. Yeah, so the litmus test will be when um, 
when Hulk um, gets when part in, in into the MCU, right? Um, so I mean, you know, obviously it's great for people who couldn't afford uh, Hulk 180 back in you know, and they were like, hey, let me get the cameo. But now we're talking about you're almost spending the same amount of money for right. you know, and it, it's well, kind of crazy. I, I get it's crazy, but I think a lot of it is the new market, right? As you bring in new buyers, they're kind of like getting, we say like the market decides and it truly does. And you're totally right. But we, we have to shift? remember, but what we have to remember is as the market expands, the market is ever changing. So what the market decides today may not be what it decides 10 years ago. Prime example of that is history. How uncanny swag points out that on nineties, Marvel cards, they listed all the cameos as first appearances. It's not just, if you go look at, I've been paying attention to a lot of 90s Marvel cards lately, and it's not just Hulk 180. It's also Avengers 195 with Taskmaster, uh, two nine, ASM 299 with Venom. Certainly, Todd McFarlane said unequivocally that ASM 299 is Venom's first appearance and that he doesn't even understand where the 300 talk came from. I, I don't know about you guys. When I was growing up, X-Men 94 was the book. It wasn't Giant Size X-Men 1. It was like 94 was the book when I was growing up. And I don't know when it turned, but now GSX is totally the book. And 94 I, I, is like the the stepchild. Well, I, here's the thing is it's a lot to do with the cover. Um, if you look oh, at 100% the cover, ASM 299 as opposed to ASM 300, what has the better cover? Right. A Hulk 181 to one Hulk 180. What has the better color? Oh, yeah, 100%. It, it, it was the model. Marvel teased the character in the last panel. And then in the next issue, they put that character front and center on the cover. It's New Mutants 86 and New Mutants 87. Yeah. I mean, all, and the, all over the place. Uh, and, and, the argument, yeah. and the argument will continue until Marvel and DC actually comes out and says, what, what's the difference between a cameo and a first appearance? You know what I mean? Like to say they're integral part of the story. They appear in five, six different pages. Cause you know, the, I've seen people say the argument, Hey, he was on the last panel or he was on the last page, but it was he a part of the story, you know, where, you know, or, or you know, cause a lot of cameras, they just pop up to go, I am here. I'm over. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, it's also it's, important it, to note that those are not terms that the industry came up with. Those are terms that we as a collector base put. Exactly, these are all, yeah, these yeah. are all rules that we come up with. So the, that's really where the problem comes from. This is not like a, it's not like in sports cards where there's a very clear defined rule of what's a rookie card. And what's what a rookie card? Yeah. You know, they, but do you, they, but back to the, uh, the sports cards thing, there was a time also when they were like uh, their college card, right? Oh yeah. You know, so this you is exactly like, what happened is there was this big debate and then the, the, the publisher, the actual producer of cards and major league baseball stepped in and said, we need to set defined rules. Yes, Marvel DC set the defined rules. Okay, uh, and then we'll all follow them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's make it very clear. And I even like how the the sports cards they started literally putting a rookie card logo on rookie cards so that there was no question. Yep, perfect. Uh, so, I mean, those are even things that could be done in comics, similar to the way we saw um, in in the later print where uh, I think it was like a Invincible Iron Man Seven, where they had the first appearance of Riri Williams kind of graphic on the cover yeah what the hell's robin's eyes oh dang yeah, he has no eyes no oh. eyes <laughs> all right so uh, next on the list batman number 23 from 1944 no a 1.5 so for 800 dollars no 
That sounds pretty anybody in the me. Anybody in the chat have that? Anybody in the panel got one of those? Ryan, you have this? <laughs> no, I don't have this one. But you know what? To me, 1.5 for a Batman book from 1944, regardless of it uh, being a um, a thing, you know, sounds pretty good. Um, there's there's a lot of, I think, a lot of uh, opportunity on books like that. Like vintage books, have, when you look at the price of keys, because the market's become so key-oriented, a lot of these classic run books, I think, are undervalued. A lot old Batman, old action comics. I think there's, oh, there's, yeah. there's, there's you can room. find a lot of good books. Speak of the devil, nice segue. Superman. Prime, there we yeah, go. Prime series. Poor Superman has been overlooked on the market a little bit in the last yeah. few years. Look at another yellow cover for Superman. You know, we always talk about how many yellow covers in the Golden Age. Superman number thirty from nineteen forty-four. First appearance of Mitzelplick, a Ross comic. So, Is that you know how you say that? Mitzelplick. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and that's another that's character that easily could be a movie villain. Yeah, five hundred fifty bucks seems cheap to me for a uh, cheap compared to what you're seeing on the market today. Yeah, hell, even oh my god, a nine point two. Well, that was way back in two thousand thirteen, so <laughs> never mind. You know, but yeah, my uh, guess is that's ten times that at this point. But yeah, uh, so actually, let's look. Let's see. Um, wow, there are just not many that come up for sale straight up. I mean, wow. look at that. And yeah. You look at those numbers: one here, one here, one here, four seven point fives. I mean, geez, not much. There's not an unreasonable price on that list. Yeah, so um, I mean, it's just some of this is just supply and demand. You don't see they don't come into market. There you go, Ryan. Some Justice League for you. Yeah, baby. Justice League number Finally. fifteen. Look at this gnarly cover. Are we gonna get Suicide Squad versus? It's Justice like one League? of those dudes from the. Um, I don't think Easter so. Island. You don't think so. I, I don't think so. Um, I know there's there was rumors about Justice League versus. Uh, I meant what version of Justice League? First of all, I meant uh, right. There's such a split in fandom uh, on the DC side where you know there are two factions of Justice League, the Snyder Cut, and you know whatever else is going to come forward. Um, right. And then you know now there's two factions for Suicide Squad. You know because David Ayers is saying Ayers is saying, hey man, I have a cut that nobody's seen yet, and then um, people are you know. I enjoyed the hell out of the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, I don't know why the, the 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 DC fans are knocking it, saying, "Oh, I'm making fun of it that it didn't make money and whatnot." But come on, it was a good film, you know. You know, I don't know if he's going to continue with the franchise or anything, but um, it it it's it's I don't know what happens with DC, and it's 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 just I think Snyder caused built this up, saying, "Hey, I have this, I have this," and it's all you know so and so's fault that this didn't happen, and then you know so it caused fans to pick. Ch- pick sides and um you know it just it's bad for fandom i believe you know especially go to that uh spider-man i think that's uh, a great goblin point. book down and to the right oh yeah look at this one let's go it's hot and it's raw and it's a key yeah it is the third appearance of the green goblin look at that oh that's a nice cover they found too man that's a clean copy Classic. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man number 23 from 1975 or yeah, 1965. My bad. Uh, Raw comic sold for $420. Wow. Look at that. Uh, 9.6 sold for 12 grand back in uh, 2019. Wow. I'm telling you, these early Spider-Man issues just are just, you know, they're like the, the rogues galleries of all the, you know, Batman's rogues galleries. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's the Spider-Man's rogues galleries that are worth more than, like you know, first... Spider-Man's allies. You know what I mean? Shit, what? These, these, these classic ASM X-Men, you're going to start seeing all of those vintage issues go up in value and dry up as yeah. just time goes on. They're just becoming classic and vintage. 
we can't do a uh, cover shake shaker show without pre code horror. Look at that, the Hunchback, the Hunt of Fear number four. Wow, number four. Wow. Uh, comics, this is a key issue. Comics that have key character appearances, a low print run, or have been proven to always be in demand. $400 for raw copy, man. I, I, I really missed the boat. I should have got into, why is this book on here? <laughs> why? Interesting. Is there a first appearance? Oh, Mojo. My Mojo. bad. Jeez, it just goes. I just don't know, care about Mojo, wow. to be honest $400 with you. $400 for a book that, again, I would have passed up in any bin any day. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, first appearance of Mojo, $403 for a 9.8, man. So uh, people are thinking something is coming. Strange Tales, one of my favorite series. This is one uh, Strange Tales, issue 115. Look at that little Sandman. $349 for a raw copy. Highest known value, 9.6 in 2017. Sold for 16 grand. That's nice. Hey, we haven't heard about this book in a while. Silk is definitely coming. Um and uh and you know the book hasn't really moved as much i mean if you look at that this is only 371 obviously the the one to get is the um the variant you know the umberto ramos variant um but you know why not get this one you know get them both shit and and i would keep an eye on uh even look at that moon knight keep an eye on that number one issue from that same run because that's cindy moon's first appearance and i imagine before she becomes silk on screen she'll be cindy moon yeah i was talking about how this uh moon knight has a hip-hop variant too look at that cover and you know what i need to do i need to add this to my collection because i just oh so there you go you get to see how you add it it's a raw dog and it's near mint. Uh, so I just click on add and it shows up in my collection. Now it says I own one 350 for a 9.8. And let me tell you, this is not easy to get in a 9.8. All the, these black covers are just, oh my God, they're just crazy. Um, you know, and especially the way to ship them. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys this about Keras Comics. So we went behind the scenes and see how they get their all their comics shipped, and they just they're all like curved in a box. Yep. They just get Thrown, stacked up, stacked in a box. Yeah. And another reason why I support Kara's Comics. Guess what they have in the back of their shop? They press all their books before Ooh. they send them to you. So you're getting a pressed modern book straight out of the gate. So when you know, so it's not curved or anything. So there you go. When you buy from Kara's Comics, they press the books before they send them out to you. I just um, bought four of those Ultimate Fallout fours. You know, they're reprinting the Ultimate Fallout 4 and KRS had a little deal on there. Remember, you got to put in your code, that L-O-T-L-B, and yeah. you get the discount. Use the discount. Free money. You get, hey, you get the discount on those uh, mystery boxes, too. So if you want, go over to KRS Comics, get the mystery boxes, use the discount code L-O-T-L-B. You got 15% off. So that's like uh, $100. Easy math, man. It's only $85. So there you go. Boom. There you go. This is cool. The Flintstones. Number 48 from Dell. First appearance of the Flintstones in comics. Wow. Look at that. See that. You see those pricing. That's criminal to me then. That's criminal so hold on. Slide back, slide back up. So this is where you, you would be off. Because if I was digging through a box and I saw that, I I wouldn't know. That's the first. It says it's yeah. issue 48. You'd see a number yeah, but 48. Dell Giant is the name of. I you'd do go, believe, okay, the you Flintstones. Know. Oh, that's yeah. that's issue 48. Little did you yeah. know. That so that's it's Dell Giant first. and it's issue 48 of the Flintstones. Um, and this is obviously a nostalgia buy. Any of those first appearances, like like Mickey Mouse or Disney comics, absolutely crazy. If you can find first appearance like Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or any of those characters, you know, Hanna Barbera is you know right up there too. So you know, I wonder what the next issue was. Now I'm curious. Louie. 
There you go. Is that the first appearance of who we doing, Louis? No, because they were on the one before. Ah, also. there you go. That is so cool, man. So there you go. I mean, it just goes the market expands to to everywhere. Uh Fantastic Four Fifty doesn't feature any appearance. Basically, it's people toxic who missed Avenger. out on fan. Oh yeah, we talked about this before. Ah. Little, yeah, Toxic Avenger had a little cameo in Suicide Squad. Did, Did it? There, you know what? It? There was an article where they said there's there's uh, uh, cameos you may have missed. And yeah, I, uh, uh, because uh, the uh, creator uh, Troma was in the film. In nice. the background of a scene, Toxic Avenger was playing on TV. And there's, oh, a, there's, cool. there's a Toxic Avenger film in the works. That's uh, right. A new reboot. Uh, so That was one of those movies back in like the late 80s, early 90s was on TV all the time. Yeah, exactly. So right now, $316 for a nine point. This, I, this, I, is this even the first appearance of Toxic Avenger? I don't think so. Is it? I don't think so. I, I think yeah. the first solo series. Yeah, this is when Marvel got the... Um, uh, look at that but it tells you it's the first toxic collector's item issue so oh, there you go yeah. i used to love that man when they used to tell you it's a collector's item issue <laughs> <laughs> ah love this oh all right let's go with some uh golden age war books look at that look at that Ooh. this is battle action number three from 1952 you gotta love it you gotta love that cover that's not G.I. Joe where all the bullets are missing. No. Exactly. No, yeah, some dude is getting stabbed. And- yeah, it's <laughs> direct action right on the cover. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about um, the, and I hate to talk about that documentary again, but you should need to watch that documentary. On They were like saying, you couldn't show anything sexual in nature, but guns and knives and stabbing, you could show well, all day America. long. <laughs> no sex, but you can rip someone's head off. Yeah, there you go. Well, you yeah, wanna... there was there was a there was a comment earlier. Look at that about, Ghost Rider, that's cool. There was a comment earlier in the chat about uh comics going the way of WWE, and it's true. Like Marvel and DC comics are certainly they don't present to children anymore. Uh, the idea that that comics are for kids is almost silly now because of the level of violence and mature storylines that go in. That's why all ages comics are very important to have something that. Yeah. kind of speaks to that younger audience. Well, I mean, WWE and WCW, WCW is the way you say yeah, it if you're an, if you're yeah. a wrestling fan. In the 90s was oh my oh god. My god. It, was, it was talk king. about it was huge. Monday nights in the 90s. Monday night night the war, the Monday yeah. night wars I mean, and it was it. sexually um you know, suggestive. Everything. Oh, and the pay-per-views. Some of those girls would get naked. Oh, yeah. I, I have one of my one of my three brothers saw his first pair of breasts on a WWE pay-per-view <laughs> from a ninety-year-old woman. <laughs> oh so, my god! So it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like, who oh, scarred no. for life? Who shockingly, when I went to college at the University of South Carolina, was my next-door neighbor. And I oh told I told her that story. May Young, rest in peace, May Young. May uh, Young. Was, wow. my, was my next door neighbor when I was in college, and uh, and yeah, she she uh, showed her 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 chest on. Uh, <laughs> yes, she, I remember. I watched. I think I saw. So that one. I I'm old enough to remember when uh, the WWF, that's what it was called back then, right. was like on saturday mornings or sunday yep. mornings right and saturday there was morning, toys there was saturday mornings there was toys there was they were definitely catering to kids uh and then at one point yeah at one point there was a wwf um they had a wwf show that was on saturday nights i think like late night like after saturday night live uh and on on nbc and you could watch that 
Uh, and then on when it went to Monday, it would just kind of went different. But it was kind of it was really weird because it was fake violence. But you would you know they would still fight each other, but it was catered to kids. It was just kind of you know kind of different. I always love that meme of that one guy sitting in a bleacher. It's real to me, man. And he's <laughs> crying. Yeah. Yeah. My my parents went to WrestleMania three at the Pontiac Silverdome. Oh my yeah. goodness! I had I think- that when uh, Hulk slammed under the giant. Hey, but do they really- have to? Do they still have their ticket stubs? I don't know. I'll have to ask. I doubt it. WrestleMania ticket stubs have become major, major secondary market Uh, money. Nobody keeps those, though, right? That's the truth. WrestleMania 1 had like 100,000 people at it, and there's only seven tickets in the PSA census. Wow. Wow. What, What really changed wrestling was ECW. When they came to the scene uh, with ECW and their small shows and... They were just doing crazy stuff, barbed wire matches and all that Dude, stuff. That's w, I mean, there were w, episodes w. on Friday night where the Sandman would take the entire episode to get to the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Drink, drinking beers in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> There's a cool book, Ghost Rider. Yeah. That's a great cover. That's a crazy what number, is though. This, this is from magazine enterprises Issue but this 10, definitely A1, looks like the 10, uh the the marvel ghost rider the 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 cowboy one right that looks like him in the background yeah um 310 for 3.0 wow so i i wonder where is this from 1952 look at that that is cool so you got frankenstein you oh. have ghost rider and then you have a batman cameo right there is there he is oh you, see the bat the bat, you see the bat in the background right. right we're almost done boys and girls sorry you're like you guys are taking and it kind of looks like captain show. boomerang's getting drowned <laughs> rest in peace oh sorry my bad if you haven't seen the movie yet uh, but <laughs> yeah. it's called suicide squad duh um that's one thing i appreciate uh, ryan Ryan, didn't you just show this today i did because we got to hurry up and get this over so i can go watch episode three of titans tonight you guys if you'd like to know uh there was a story about that that there's going to be a red uh, hood live action series for hbo max first appearance of jason todd as the red hood um the change in the comics with red hood where he's not using guns going forward what? No. Yeah, in in I uh, forgot what issue just happened in the past week. Uh, Red Hood kind of has a revelation that he wants to try Batman's methodology of not. Interesting. Yeah. Of not. It, and I'm sure it'll be temporary. I'm sure there'll be hardship that'll come with it. I'm sure it'll lead to him being increasingly angry yeah. at Batman. This book is still undervalued. I I was just gonna say that this book His is book is grossly still undervalued, yeah. especially with so the Obi Wan Kenobi show coming up. So many of these Star Wars Volume One first appearances, 41, 42, are just under 68. Yeah. I'm I've kept my two. I've sold both my Star Wars number ones, but I've kept number two because I'm waiting for the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. Because just think about Ahsoka uh, Tano shows up in the Mandalorian, drops the name Thrawn, and these books have gone crazy. Go well, it's time crazy. to get Obi-Wan Kenobi some love here. This is his first appearance in the Marvel comics, or just comics, period, to be honest with you. Um 225 for 9.0. That's grossly undervalued, huh? 4,000 for 9.8, though, uh, for March 2021. That sounds right. But that's... but a 9.0, to me, that's it should be higher, man. And uh, it's I, it, I'm still under belief it's one of those things like, I don't believe it until I see a trailer. So when the first trailer that pops up for... Um, the first trailer pops up for Obi Wan Kenobi. Expect uh, Star Wars number two. And but I, st- I wanted to mention that Death in the Family book I, definitely was um, 
What do you want to show us? I wanted to show you if anyone's ever seen it, you know, what was the big deal with this book that Daredevil 115 he was talking about? There you go. There it is. Wow, there it is. First appearance of Wolverine. Yeah. But I would imagine it was done throughout the entire, all the books that month though, right? It it wasn't all of the books. It was a cup. There was also a Thor book that had Ah. it. Um, I think those might've been the only two, Daredevil and Thor. Uh, but but jb yeah, like uh, let me take a sip while i'm yeah. like uh yeah again scoring my Cheers. way but they're undervalued i think they're undervalued but i don't think they should it should never come anywhere close to approaching the actual first appearances price like you mean marvel proven 95 well, yeah which is just, <laughs> there there is look there's there's something going on with those prices there's something I, funky going on there. yeah that somebody's there, sitting there I, foot there? I really <laughs> yeah. think somebody's sitting on uh two cases uh, of them and waiting. Where's Mighty Mel V, man. There's some fuckery afoot going on. There, you know what? I, <laughs> I would. Uh, I wonder somebody, whoever's uh, online now, if they have an opportunity in the next couple of minutes to go into the CGC census to see how many are on there, because that will give you a good indicator. If there's a ton on there, then there's probably not somebody sitting on them because that would kind of ruin the the surprise. Like to me, it's like. They're going to wait till something official, and then they're going to get them graded. If they're sitting on two cases of these books, they're not going to go get them all graded because somebody's going to go into census and realize, wait a second, why are there so many uh, on here already? Uh, um, you know, so they don't want to leave a trail. So I'm just all I'm going to say. All right. Yeah, we took an enough. That out slow. Yeah, it'd be interesting, man. Uh, if one day this comes to fruition and this one dude is manipulating the market or whatever. and But, you know, I mean, it's They'll make a movie about it like they did about the short sales. There yeah, and before go. and before we go, uh, in the chat, Stephen Shust, that was a great point. The funniest thing about Marvel Previews '95 is people jumped all over that book, and no one looked and realized Miles Morales is depicted in Marvel Previews '94. Boom. So, so even if your argument is, well, it's the first depiction of Miles, it's not even that. So, what <laughs> yeah. is even the value of that? Well, you know what their counterpoint that. will be? Well, he's on the cover too. Yes, the first cover. <laughs> exactly. Again, just yeah. like the 180, So really, on Marvel Previews 95 is really the first cover appearance of Miles Morales. Yes. If, I, if you want to count it as a cover appearance, even there, I could argue that because it's not a comic. But sure, it's the first cover appearance of Miles Morales. But certainly, ooh, there's nice, no book man. in the world where we pay three times the first appearance price for the first cover appearance. In the world of the pandemic, things have been crazy. crazy. We, that's why I, this show crazy. is so interesting because we've kind of been front row to see the, and you know, uh, our friends at Cover Price show us what's been going on. And it, it sometimes it just amazes us like, wow, look at this. These prices are going up. And, and that's the thing about Cover Price. This is not our opinions, guys. So when people leave comments said, you guys are stupid for buying, hey, we are reporting sales data. We are telling you what the sales data that has been compiled off of cover price. We're not shilling or doing whatever. Some people also have lists, and I don't know where they're pulling the sales data from, but it seems very sim- similar to the sales data that's on cover price. I'm just saying. So, uh, and they don't mention them as their source of getting the sales. Yeah, that's so. called plagiarism. Mm. But at least, at least tell them where you're getting your sources from. You know what I mean? There's a lot of you. There's a lot of YouTubers out there that actually do cover price shows and say, hey. This is what was on the cover price show, but there's other people that have their top 10 and they're just like, they just show sales data, but I don't know of any other sites that have sales aggregators. Uh, I don't know if go collect has a sales aggregator or not. Um, I I've spoken to the guys at cover price and they have partnerships with four different places that they allow them to uh, data mine them. 
Um, and I can't, you know, obviously due to NDAs, I can't say who they are, but you know, it's kind of obvious, you know, you know, eBay, but there's a couple of other auction sites on there as well. So, all right. Hey, uh, sorry, we ran a little late. So really it's only been an hour <laughs> more than that, but I uh, hope you guys had a fun time. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, AKA Mr. Bolo Jack, any last words or should I call you Jake? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. The infamous Jake appearance is back. Uh, thank you everybody in the chat. Yeah. The rock rules had a lot of fun tonight. Um, so always happy to come on and talk about the market. So shout out to the chat who's very lively and energetic tonight. And I love these debates about these, uh, these comic community issues. So I was excited when I saw Marvel previews on here. I was uh, yeah. As soon as I saw Marvel previews in 95, I go, I say, there's going to be controversy on here. It's going to be I a good think... episode. You knew it was yeah, a good episode. Exactly. Right? You yeah. saw that on the list. Yeah, even when it was on our cover on our top ten list uh, back in the day, we mm-hmm. we still were skeptical on it. Like, why? Absolutely. And then you know there was a lot of there were some whispers in the community about somebody sitting on a couple of cases, this that, and the other. But you know, there was an app that was pushing the shit out of it. So that's all I want to say. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Speaking of dark and speaking of pushing shit out, G- Dark Side <laughs> Jedi. Any last words? Let's get out of here so I can go watch episode three of Titans. Oh, yeah. I need to start that. Oh, all right, JB. Any last words? Now, shout out to the chat. You guys are awesome. You make the show. And uh, and anyone watching on the Rewind, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Peace out, everybody. Yep. We're uh, getting close. We need like 100 more subs to get to 7,000 so we get to a Let's cool do it. Make, seven. Make, make second accounts, everybody, and just sub up again. Yeah. So okay. basically, we're going to give away a $7,000 comic, <laughs> according to what we We're going to give away 7,000 <laughs> comics. That'll seven worth thousand one dollar comic. <laughs> there you go. You're gonna get you go. either, you're gonna get seven thousand dollars worth of comics when we hit seven thousand subs. So hey, <laughs> oh, really man. appreciate you guys uh, every week for hanging out with us. I know you got better things to do, or do you? Maybe we are your highlight oh, of your week. Man, I, I don't not. know, man, I but not. I hope I hope yeah. not. But I hope so too, because you know we enjoy your comments as much as you know everything else, and you guys talking amongst each other. So um, I may see you guys on Sunday for Letters of the Long Box. Uh, if not, we will see you guys on Tuesday for the Cover Price Top Ten. Until next time, boys and girls, be safe and uh, keep digging in them long boxes. Peace, Peace out. That one's way too long. <laughs> now let's do this. Rewind, silly town. Come again. Pull up that from the top to the very last. Jump, 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 jump. Who are you to make their lives bitter in hard bondage?